This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 128 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. It is uh, very close to summertime, Joshua, and so I don't know what the weather is like in Columbus, but here it is starting to be like that consistent warm, but it's going to reach a level of when the humidity kicks in here in a couple days, and then that's when I'm like, I'm out. That's when I'm like, take me back to the Northwest where there's no humidity. Yeah, that's where we're at right now uh, yeah. in Columbus. It's it's an issue. It was... Um... It was 84 degrees at like 9.30 a.m. today. Um, it was miserably hot. It is humid. You know how it gets here. Yeah. Um, and it's the weather that I hate. So my big self is just going to be inside. And you see, yeah. I'm like a dummy for those who will see a thumbnail photo maybe on Twitter or whatever. I'm wearing a gray shirt in 90 degree weather. Like what oh, kind of idiot no. am I? Um, but that's where we're at. So. There we go. Uh, you celebrated a birthday on oh, the 24th of May, 29 Man. years young. Happy Look birthday. You. You're so kind. I keep, t- I don't know what it is this year, but every time I would like respond to somebody's, you know, happy birthday or whatever, I would just be like, yep, one year younger. I don't even know where that came from. I guess that's just my mindset now. Yeah. Like after I told I you hit, last year didn't count. So I know. And I'm sticking with that. So when you reach the 30 mark, my friend, and this is no joke, you will start to forget your age and it gets worse as you get further up in the thirties. You hit, you hit the point where you're like, I said to my mom, you know, last year, Hey, I'm celebrating this, this, you know, and she goes, no, Kayla, you're this like and actually <laughs> said my real age and i'm like wow this is really getting bad nobody needs um, to know your real age no and i don't i do not say my i will not say my age i'm sorry i'm one of those people that um unless you go do your research you're not going to know how old i am that's funny so good for sorry. you. sorry i mean that's just how it is <laughs> anyway uh yes thank you for the happy birthday i celebrated with a margarita and uh, Mexican food that was made from scratch, Ooh. which is really, really good. Yeah. So it was a good birthday. Sounds um, like a great birthday. Now we'll we'll celebrate even more. My mom's coming in town from Washington State, so she will uh, be in Nashville for the next several days. 
and she's real fun. So you you can ex- imagine um, how much fun we'll have this yeah, weekend. Yeah, y'all gonna be cutting that. up. I see the uh, the Instagram yeah. posts every once in a while when you get together yeah. with your family. It always looks like a good time. It is. It certainly is. Well, you guys, let's get let's get going on this week's episode. And I start this one off, Joshua, by really wanting to get your opinion because we've talked about this transfer portal at nauseum over mm-hmm. the past few weeks. And it just keeps heating up because, like you said, uh, it's not going to stop anytime soon. I mean, it's going to get more intense with how these uh, programs are recruiting in the portal. And there was a whole article out on ESPN by, um, I believe it was Alex um, was it Scarborough, I think is how you pronounce his name, Scarborough. He put out an article about tampering in college football, and it's, um, you know, considering it now the wild, wild west is just getting crazy. And so one of these these um, contributors to this article, he was a prominent high school coach, and he said that he has seen an increase in terms of, you know, reaching out to these high schools and, you know, getting information and everything. Um, he's seen an increase to the point that he estimates 60% of college teams are doing it now. Um, says, quote, with one player last season, I got four calls from four different conferences. The high school coach said, is he happy? Well, they're not using him like we would use him. These are SEC, Big Ten, and some big name schools. Yeah, and uh, you know the the issue with the tampering is obviously mm-hmm. that um, you know there, it's supposed to be a level playing ground when it comes to recruiting these kids. So mm-hmm. you're not supposed to go through a former teammate, or you're not supposed to go through the yeah. high school coach, or if you had the relationship built with a parent, you're not supposed to reach out to the parent to see how things are going. Um, but just like recruiting a kid out of high school, recruiting a kid out of the portal, people don't break the rules. They don't recruit yeah. these kids from their high schools the way they're supposed to. They they bump into kids and in, during times when they're not supposed to bump into kids. They call them and they text them and they send them emails during times of the year where they're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. It's just what happens in recruiting. So it's really interesting to see. Now, I'm going to throw two I guess, uh, big topics together, right? We're talking about this portal where now we get, you know, pretty much free transfers and we're going to see a lot of movement in college football, couple that with name, image, and likeness. So now you might get into a situation where you see a guy who maybe is a, a player that was undervalued coming out of high school, who's starting to ball out a little bit. And if you're Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, whomever, and you just had somebody leave, your team that was a starter high caliber player you're looking for a veteran replacement Mm -hmm. even if that player isn't necessarily unhappy where they're at could the pitch now be hey if you come here you'll have opportunities to do a commercial for x y and z company and we have autograph signings that you would be able to do and whatever the case is so now not only are you in a situation where um, the portal is a legitimate place to recruit and you see coaches bending the rules for that when you add in name image and likeness it it might really become the wild wild west when it comes to recruiting not only high school players but players out of the portal well that's what i was going to ask about in terms of do you think because we know how uh, slow the ncaa is to just 
I guess, make any decisions or come up with anything that makes sense in terms of, I guess, establishing a system where they put rules into place and say, well, this has got to happen if you're going to do that. Or you can have just a certain amount of transfers a year. I mean, at, at what point and who is going to come in and say, we've got to establish some sort of um, system? I can't remember I if it was on this show or if it was on a radio show I was filling in on last week. But the suggestion was that as you take in a transfer player, you mm -hmm. lose a scholarship. You, uh, do you remember that? Was that here? No, so it must okay. have been your radio show. Yes. That's interesting. So you take in a transfer okay. player, you lose a scholarship. So okay. you get the transfer in, instead of 85, now you have 84 scholarships to work with. Okay. And that would be seen as a natural way to limit using the transfer portal. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily like that because I can think of teams such as Illinois or Rutgers in the Big Ten that got a ton mm -hmm. of players out of the transfer portal in the last couple of years. And they were really good contributors for those teams, but those teams were terrible. So yeah. you might end up punishing people where it's not really going to matter. But if you're looking at um, the you know, the Ohio States and the Alabamas of the world, then, yeah, you're going to want to make sure that they're not – they don't have a monopoly on the best high school players and also a monopoly on the best transfers. Um, and to put context around it, I, I, I cannot remember where I saw that, but it might have been for um, uh, interconference transfers. So, like, a kid going okay. from Georgia to Alabama within the SEC, like, that would be their rule that if somebody leaves – one SEC school, SEC school for another, that SEC school receiving the player loses a scholarship. Okay. Uh, but anyway, there, there needs to be some regulation. Mm -hmm. Me and you both know the NCAA sucks. Uh, well, yeah. I haven't told this story, but uh, the guy oh. from Home Depot who was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I watch you on TV. I listen to you on the radio. He's like, you should be the president of the NCAA. Yes. And we've been saying that. For a long time. For a long time. Yeah. So. I mean. Look, maybe he listens that, to this show too. Who knows? <laughs> I know. Right. I mean, that's not. And that is not a far-fetched idea. Um, maybe when his contract's up again, which I don't know why they signed him yeah, to an extension. Maybe, years. maybe a few years. That's something to think about. And you better hire me on your staff. Oh, 100%. It's going to be uh, president and then. VP or deputy or whatever they call it over there at the NCAA, right? but it's going to be one A and one B. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be in there. We're doing this thing. Yeah. But um, to your point there, I think there's a conversation or some thought around how they can regulate these things. But I also think to a certain point that heavily regulating any of these changes is outside of the spirit of the changes because yeah. they were sparked from this feeling that everything was too heavily regulated and that it was too anti-player. Um, now, the right, people making right. the decisions, they don't give a damn because the status quo works and it makes them a lot of money. And that's mm -hmm. not just the NCAA office. That is coaches and ADs as well. The current mm -hmm. system works for them. They make a ton of money. Um, and so they're going to want incremental changes. But I think as we see sweeping reforms in college athletics, the idea maybe is to let some of the issues work themselves out. And honestly, maybe let it bite the players in the ass before you start making True. some changes. Cause the players have some responsibility in making the right decisions for their athletic careers too. 
Yeah, and that's a good point. Sometimes you have to let people, I mean, they, you know, everything is changing, like you said. Um, it's taken a while, but there's going to be some growing pains. Uh, there, there's going to be some things that aren't going to work. But I think, like you said, if you let it play out a little and maybe some of these players make the wrong decisions, and, and I, I don't want to see that happen, but it's going to happen. And, and then maybe, you know, you start to realize it comes back down to earth a little bit because you realize, well, maybe not going there and, and you know, thinking I'm going to get all this is, is really the right answer. So you think that might it might even out. Yeah. And, and to be totally honest, like I think a lot of the preparation comes because of, uh, you know, you got to prepare for the doomsday situation. But I don't think that some of these situations are going to be as drastic as people make them out to be no yeah no I, I would agree with you on that and then you you had mentioned before this podcast started you were going to bring up a point about Ohio State this week yes and uh, some some news coming out of uh, the Buckeyes program which uh, this is like I'm always up to date on everything but because it was my birthday I actually didn't pay attention to anything uh, on the internet on my birthday. So you had to tell me about this. So you get to lead this. Yes. So uh, the great state of Ohio has decided to embrace name, image, and likeness uh, with a bill that was introduced to the Ohio State House, um, basically following the 15 or 16 states that had previously introduced uh, such legislation to allow uh, college athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Um, mm -hmm. It was done, I believe the press conference was done at the Cavelli Center on campus with uh, Gene Smith in attendance, and he made remarks. So obviously was driven by Ohio State, even though yeah. there are a bunch of universities in the state of Ohio that could benefit from this type of legislation. But Gene Smith made some really interesting remarks, and one of them was that in the last session that they had to vote on name, image, and likeness, he said he believes it should have passed then at the NCAA level. And when they meet again this summer on, I think, June 22nd and 23rd, it's the NCAA Division I Council that meets. He says that he believes that it should pass there. So okay. essentially, you have one of the most well-respected most powerful ADs in all of college athletics saying that he believes name, name, image, and likeness should be passed on the NCAA level, whether or not that happens, who knows? But I think that is as drastic of um, a, a quote that you can have out there because of how prominent he is. So this is a big step for the state of Ohio. They're joining a lot of other States that have already taken these steps. I think there is going to be a ton of pressure on the NCAA to do the right thing and make the right decision when their council meets. But here's Ohio showing up. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They were a little bit behind the eight ball, but now they're finally doing their thing. Well, and that's, and I'm glad, I'm glad that, that Ohio state, you know, Ohio as, as a state is going in this direction because we, we had, we had mentioned the South and the SEC is, you know, ahead of the game when it comes to this. But now you get a school like Ohio State that's the prominent school in the Big Ten. And now all these other, you know, programs kind of have to follow suit in a way. And yes. it, it might not be right away, but th they're establishing like, okay, guys, we're doing it. 
like, let's go. Yep. Like time to get on board. Right. Um, so I think that's a huge step in the right direction. And Gene, I mean, Gene Smith has um, such a great reputation, like you mentioned. Yeah. And for him to say something like that, I mean, I would take that not with a grain of salt. I, no. I would be like, okay, that's something that is is likely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, this thing's going to get moving real quick. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, we're, we're going to have so much to talk about even in the season. Yeah, with like be. actual games, there's going to be just so much more stuff to talk about yeah, with all it, this. It'll happening. be really interesting because you've got the NCAA, which is meeting. Like I said, they've got a decision to make. You can tell now there's people pushing for it. Ohio's yeah. law goes into effect July 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, Congress is not likely to meet and, and vote uh, before July 1st, but they've got the same thing on their table. So yeah. definitely really interesting and good for people in our industry because you know it keeps us talking so it does we're, we're, we're this business never gets boring <laughs> it gets annoying and it gets frustrating yeah. yes but it doesn't get boring and so we just keep on keep on going yep. i mean you you're still real young in this business so i am you, i am you just... won't get bored anytime soon i'm not bored anytime Spring soon. But chicken <laughs> you are but I, i'm like the veteran here and i'm still like give me more let's go yeah so yeah we've got we've got our eye on this we will update you with with all this information you know when we hear it when it comes to name image and like likeness uh the transfer portal those are two hot topics that we're going to continue to talk about here on press pass because they are being updated almost on a weekly basis the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So, Sporting news came out with, look, I am not a fan of preseason polls. And, and I think yep. we both have come to this, yep. this like conclusion that we're just not fans of it. They're just so dumb. But I will say it, they are, but I will say it's, it always sparks an interesting debate topic because there's always teams in there that you're like, okay, wait a second. And then, you know, we get going on our little spiels about how, this program shouldn't get that much love or this program needs more love. So that's why I put it in here, especially because we're in, we're at the end of May, you know, we still, we're still a little ways out and I wanted to just have some fun and uh, maybe get a dog on some of these schools. Well, let's go. (laughs) So, okay. At the top, we got Alabama. Oh my God, we're all so surprised. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Can I just say something really quick? Those three, those three teams. I feel like for the past at least two seasons, I have listed those three teams in those three orders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every time we talk. Pretty much. Is this not true? Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is what college football has become. It's, I mean, there are, there are the teams and then the rest of the teams. Like, that's it. Exactly. It's like, hey, guys, nice to see you at the top. Uh, won't be coming up there anytime soon. And then you've got I love it. It's like always like Oklahoma is somewhere in the top five. Oh, yeah. 
and and I get it, but at the same time, again, what have they proven to to to, well, to be? In, it just but, it just it's nauseating sometimes because okay. I know you're going to argue with me about this. I'm not. But we've had this conversation about the Big Twelve. Yeah, I'm and, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on it. So oh, you are agree. Okay. So let me jump up to okay. the top real quick. Alabama is always going to get the respect. Alabama yeah. lost so many pieces from this previous team. Like, how are we just to say that they're number one? They may end up being number one, but we don't know what their quarterback is going to do. We don't know. Like, they lost a Heisman finalist running back. They lost a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver and another one that probably would have won it if he was healthy. And they lost some guys on deep. Like, anyway, so there's that. Clemson. Out of the top three, all three schools are going to be featuring a new quarterback, but DJ Uyunglele is the guy who we've seen, who we know can ball. So you give them the credit right off the top with that. And then for Ohio State, you only assume that their defense is going to be better than it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. They've got to replace a first-round draft pick quarterback, but they have the best skill positions potentially in all of college football. If you watch their spring game, they've got wide receiver depth. So crazy that one of their starting receivers from last year transferred to Alabama. He ran from Ohio state to Alabama. That's how much wide receiver talents there. We talked about, yeah, we talked about that. They've got four running backs who could play anywhere. So it doesn't matter who the quarterback's throwing the ball to or hand the ball off to like going to have an easy job. Now, Oklahoma, which was where we left off they got Spencer Rattler as like QB one for this class. And they're talking about how he's, you know, a potential Heisman trophy winning quarterback. Mm -hmm. The guy got benched a year ago. Like, are Mm -hmm. we just going to forget about that? The the guy literally got benched for a year ago because he was playing so poorly and he played well toward the end of the year. So we'll give him all the credit for overcoming that. But who is to say that he is QB one material? Who is to say that he is going to be the reason why Oklahoma wins a bunch of games? I think it's bold because if he is inconsistent like he was early on last year, they could drop a game easily, and we know their defense is going to be ass. Exactly. And I was just going to say, Joshua, uh, did we not get the memo? Did they, like, go take – the they, they win the transfer from, portal and they got Alabama's defense. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Are, are we missing something here yeah, for exactly. them to just, you know, just be in that four spot? And No defense. And here's kind of where I, I, I have some issues again, too. So, okay, Georgia, it's another team where it's underachieved, in my opinion, has they underachieved, has underachieved at the quarterback position, uh, has underachieved in terms of developing. Yes. Um, for, for what they get, with their recruiting classes, we've had this conversation conversation a lot. Um, I just I'm like number five. Mm, I don't know, but that's I, based I off of the recruiting rankings, though. Like that's how we're projecting a lot of I these know. things right now. They've got every single year they've got a top three talented roster. Like every single year, yeah. they've got a yeah. top three college football talent roster. They don't play like a top three team every year. No, but, they, but they don't. If there is a year for them to challenge. Yeah and get back into the college football playoff, it would be this year because mm-hmm. of what Alabama lost. Yeah, no, and that's it. But, okay, so here, here's here's my question to you. 
So if you're saying like, this is the year to challenge, which it is, then what happens if Kirby Smart Smart can't get his guys up to that level, can't, you know, get over that hump? Um, is his job on the line? I think it depends on what you believe he is. Like to me, I believe he's a guy who knows how to recruit his tail off and mm-hmm. that's what he does. Like, mm-hmm. is he a great in-game coach? He's not bad. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily elite at that. Mm-hmm. Is he elite at developing talent? Absolutely not. And I think that's pretty clear based off of right. what he's done with the recruiting classes that he's had. So you got to make a decision on what you're comfortable with because the next guy you bring in, are you sure they're going to be as good of a recruiter? Because if you, if you don't recruit yeah. in the SEC, you're going to get run by like the big 10, I feel like is that conference where you can recruit like average classes and still mm-hmm. be competitive because you just, you know, you develop guys and you get a shot, right? Yeah. Like the SEC, like everybody's talented. Every roster's talented. So if you can't get the guys, you're going to suck. And so yeah. I think that's what they're maybe scared of is you let that guy go and you can't bring in the same caliber of player. And by virtue of having a less talented roster, you're already out of competition. Yeah, I, I mean, that's it's it's going to be it will be interesting just because I know the SEC is quick to pull the trigger on coaches um, and other programs are, too, is but I just, from what I've seen here over the last four years that I've been here, um, there's just not a lot of patience. And so that's why you start to just kind of get curious as the alums chatter more, you know, if this doesn't pan out this year, if they can't challenge Alabama, that's a storyline to kind of look out for. Um, so here's, so six and seven and eight, we've got Notre Dame, Texas A&M and Florida. Look, I think Jimbo Fisher is doing a real good job at A&M, okay? And I liked the momentum that I, I, I saw out of that program last year in terms of trending back in the right direction. Um, I think that they're only going to continue to get stronger as a program. What are your thoughts on Jimbo and the job he's doing? Um, I don't like I'm not personally like a huge Jimbo fan, but to uh-huh. your point, I can appreciate the job that he's done coaching that program um he's embraced texas Mm -hmm. he has used his ties in the south to recruit really well um i think that he is a vibrant personality and you can see that by the way that he coaches sometimes but just overall the way he handles himself with media and everything else and so i think to your point like he's got some energy about that program that is Mm -hmm. pretty impressive um, mm-hmm. The three teams you just named, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Florida, it's going to be the same thing as a lot of these teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, like quarterback. <laughs> what yeah. you doing at quarterback? You know, that's, yeah. that's going to be a big difference maker for all of these schools. Like it's the most important position. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of turnover from really good quarterbacks in college football last year. Yeah, it, it, we know that this is what it revolves around now. I mean, look at the NFL draft. It, it's just like every year we're seeing an increase of quarterbacks taken in the first round. And and if that's the case there, I mean, that's certainly what's making the college game in terms of being an elite program. That's what's making you stand out. Uh, so then we've get, okay. So we round out the top 10 with uh, two, you know, not really traditionally teams. Not we see in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. Not name brand. So Ohio or Iowa state, Iowa state, excuse me. Um, and then, 
your boy Luke Fickle over there at Cincinnati, he's doing quite a, quite a job there. Gets gets these guys in the top ten in terms of obviously this is an official preseason, but it's it's a mention. Yeah. In a legit in a legit um you know magazine. So yeah, I think and that's that's good stuff. Cincinnati's deal. They've got Desmond Ritter uh, playing mm-hmm. quarterback, who was a guy who could have potentially left this year and been a draft pick, decided to come back. And he is one of the top quarterbacks for this class in college football. Um, And so when you're Cincinnati and you have a guy who is going to be a highly sought after quarterback in the NFL, it's a great position to be in. Luke Fickle is always going to have a really good defense. Top 10 ranking um, makes a lot of sense for me, even might be a little bit undervalued in my opinion, just because they're not a name brand Um, in terms of, the stability at quarterback and the product, you know, they're going to play on defense. I feel like there's some security in that pick. Um, Iowa state is so intriguing to me because of Matt Campbell. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Like, when does he get out of town? Like, I don't know. You'd think soon. You, you would think soon because that's one of those jobs that you feel like you can do it good for a Mm -hmm. little while, but things can turn South quick and once sure. they do, and and this is the reason why I ask, when does he get out? Is there was a report that came out and said that the Detroit Lions offered him an eight-year, sixty-eight mm-hmm. million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. So when do you get out? Because for me, you talking eight years, sixty-eight million. I think they said it was fully guaranteed. I'm gone. That's I, what I'm saying. I mean, what is there? What is there to do at Iowa State think, anyway? You've won the games. Fun. It's terrible city. Like it's, and I'm terrible. not trying to crap on you. It's terrible. Like yeah. I'm gone. I'm done. But he's sticking around. So there you go. And what? what I mean, maybe he's sticking around for some job, job he's waiting for. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, these are the types of things that you know when you're a coach, you don't really know what the thought process yeah. is well, about. And I know? think he was kind of pissed off too that Ohio State didn't give him a call when he yeah. left uh, mm-hmm. because he's. I think he's a Maslin, Ohio guy. And so there was probably some intrigue there, maybe on both sides. And he's obviously a really good coach. And Ohio State decided that they already knew what their secession plan was. And they hired from within, which obviously it turned out to be. How how many times am I going to say obviously? But it turned out to be. I I know. I get on a roll (laughs) with that word, too. um, a, A great decision. And so maybe he is waiting for the old rival to open up just so he could try to prove himself. I'm telling you, the, you know, you just never know. I wouldn't put it past him. He's not going to stay there. No, he shouldn't. Okay, let's be, if he let's does, he's a honest. damn fool. I, I agree. Um, okay, so then this is where I, I laugh a little. Yeah, well, these next three, three <laughs> these next three, I am with you. Like, I'm I'm rolling my eyes. Oh, my I'm God. I'm rolling them. Uh, okay, so if you are like a regular of this podcast, I, I think that you could probably even say we could have a spinoff. You could guess without even knowing <laughs> at least because, two of the next three, you would get at least, yes, two, of at least two of them. You probably have, get all three. <laughs> we have so much dismay for three programs and listen, two of them to the extreme. Yes. Like LSU is at number 11. And and I'll let you talk about that in a minute, uh, because where what did they do this year? I mm-hmm. can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC, who I don't go a podcast without ripping on USC. Yep. And I'm not sorry for it, because until you can actually prove that you're worthy of being a program that can actually 
be consistent in the Pac-12, which is not a great conference right no. now, um, then I'm sorry, you're going to get ripped on. And then Texas, yep. which has been an absolute like piece of work and in not a good way. Um, and I think I even read an article that was like saying, well, I can't believe Texas is not in the top 10. Shut up. Like, yeah, that's where this article like stemmed from. This is where like the article I read was stemming from these rankings. And it was like, Texas isn't even in the top 10. Jesus. And I'm going, and, and what have they done except for fire a coach and hope that Steve Sarkeesian is the answer? Right. So anyway, those are, those are the three that I'm just sitting here going, get me a drink. Yep. So for LSU, I would, out of those three brands, I'm probably putting USC at the top of that little yeah, three because pack. of the quarterback. Because of the quarterback. You got Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis. Yeah, yeah, people love him. He's going to be one of the, the quarterbacks that we talk about as, yep. you know, a, a high draft pick type quarterback. And so you, yep. you give them the edge. You give them respect based off of that. And mm-hmm. I don't watch a lot of West Coast football, so there could be other players in the mix there that I'm just not very aware of. So I don't want to sound ignorant as I say that, but they do have a legit guy playing quarterback. So I'll give them yep. all the credit there. LSU for me, unimpressive. Uh, I say it all the time. I think Ed Orgeron is Scott Frost, except for from Louisiana. Um, I don't think he's a great coach. I think, and I'm not saying Scott Frost is shady the way that Ed Orgeron is, but Ed Orgeron is shady. You take out one really good year that he had 15 and 0 with a generational quarterback and all the talent that he had all over the field. And he is like, um, he is 30 and like 14, which is very average. So yeah, uh, you're not getting any love for you or I'm sorry, LSU out of me. And then Texas, you said it, it is the Sark effect. They're getting love and respect based off of their name first. And then Sarkeesian second. Um, yeah. I'm not buying the hype until I see the product on the field period. No period. And I don't think it's happening overnight, which means one season. Uh, I just, it's not going to, and maybe he makes it happen there, but it's not going to happen right away. I'm no, sorry. not at all. It's just not. Um, and then rounding out the top 25, I'll just throw some names out here. Man, I mean, Mac Dog in North Carolina. Yeah. Like, so let's they've, go. They've got uh, go. They've got their guy at quarterback, and he's, his name is slipping my mind right now, but he is at that kind of QB1 level right now for sure. this draft class coming up. So, yeah, and I like Mac. The old dog is, is he's learned some new tricks. He's doing his thing right? down there. So I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I'm looking up the North Carolina quarterback really quick. Cause it's going to drive me crazy. Is yeah. it, um, is it Sam Howell? Yes. Sam Howell. I don't okay. know how I forgot yeah. his name. Now yeah. no, his issue is me too. they're losing some talent around him. No, so I know. That'll make it a little more difficult, but I, I respect his game. I think he's a very good player. Well, and it's just like, he he's an old coach. Max an old coach, but like he still is like getting the energy out yeah. of his players. He's I mean, he still like too. and he recruits. Yeah. I mean, he's old, but he's like still able to adapt. That's yeah. what I just I think it's fascinating. Um, and then we got Indiana in there, which love, them. love it. I, I it's so cool to see Indiana in there. And then of course uh, they got to get Oregon in there because yeah. if Oregon wasn't ever, Oregon has been in a top twenty five poll. I don't know the last time a preseason poll has not included Oregon. Probably been and a while. It's been a long while. Yeah. And that's even because 
it's one of those things where even if they're not that great and and they are they're a good program look they've credit to oregon for at least semi keeping the pac 12 on the map yeah because otherwise with usc slipping as far as it has slipped there's just not a lot to talk about over there and oregon has at least been somewhat consistent they haven't been great um because they haven't been able to get to that college football final four but they have been consistent enough in my eyes. Yeah. They, um, uh, they peaked with Marcus Mariota. That was the year, they did. the first year yeah. of the playoff and they yep. made it all the way to the final and got their ass whooped by yours yep. truly. Um, but uh, yeah. from that point, you're right. They've been kind of like in that top level, but not elite level. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they've been up there, but not quite there. Um, right. They've got a guy on defense Thibodeau who is supposed to be, like number one overall pick type talent rushing uh-huh. the passer. So he's going to be an issue. I'm very curious to see what that team looks like. Ohio State's got them week one. Oh, or, I I'm sorry, week wait. two. Week, week two. two, yeah. I cannot wait for that game, especially when it comes to we didn't have any of that last season. Yep. And, and there's going to be so many like great matchups we get to talk about before conference play even starts. So I'm hyped for that one. Um, Here's some just – I'm going to – name off a couple programs. Miami is one that should be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. We've, we've kind of been wondering what Manny Diaz is going to do in terms of bringing it to the next level. Um, c- can he bring them back to some sort of relevance? I mean, they're, they're slowly like making strides. Um, but I just don't know. It's still like unclear to me as if that's really a real thing there. Yeah. I'd be curious to see as well. Um, you know? and we've talked about that program. We've talked about Manny, um, yeah, I, I I'm in that place where I like them, don't love them, you know. Yeah, it's like one. It is one of those things. Like, okay, prove something, right? Prove something. Okay, and then, interesting enough, uh, not not surprised to see our boy Lane Kiffin in here at 21. Uh, would like to would like old Miss to start really challenging um, some of these SEC teams. Yeah, offensively, I think they can do it. I just yes. wonder, can they get that? To that level defensively I think they'll be better on defense so this is my yeah. sleeper pick as like the dark horse challenger in the SEC I think mm-hmm. this is a team that is going to surprise a lot of people we've seen a ton of SEC teams on this little list but I think that they're going to pull some great upsets this year and it starts yeah. because that offense was able to compete last year but this year I think the defense takes a step forward yeah, I, I would not disagree with you. I don't know what it is about Lane Kiffin, but I, I, I could just watch a game no matter what who they're playing, and I watch a lot of them down here because we're in SEC country. And I'm just excited to see Lane and what he does on the sideline. One like of that's, my favorites. It, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's entertainment within itself. Okay, and then we round out the top 25 with, look at Army, getting Army in here. Yes. At, at 24, getting some respect there, and then um, Penn State rounding out the 25 spot are you a little um surprised with penn state no just slipping in there okay they got some issues they had they've yeah the recruiting classes haven't been as good as of late yeah they've got a quarterback issue right now they've got nine new faces probably on defense a whole new linebacker room um they they've got some things to work through uh so this is not surprising at all real quick what's gone on there that you think that maybe the product is is slipped a bit um, I don't know. The, okay. James Franklin is polarizing for a lot of people. And I'm a James Franklin fan. I will fan. advocate yeah. for him. Uh, but yeah. I think he's a little bit polarizing. Um, I think Penn State has had 
some locker room issues okay. in terms of culture that has driven recruiting down a little bit. Um, yeah. And then they just had their typical roster attrition and turnover and a, a bad cool. COVID year too. Like they did not look good last year. Um, I don't know if that was all their fault, but um, it's just a weird situation. This is going to be a big year for James Franklin's program. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Uh, let's round out this, this episode of press pass with just some, I was reading another, another article, as you can tell, I read a lot. Oh, you're like the article girl. I know. I just love it because it, it does spark conversation and, and it does spark debate. Some of these, because a lot of this stuff is opinionated stuff. Uh, this one's not opinionated. So ESPN 300's running back, uh, Jaden Blue, he is one of the top running backs in the 2022 class, said he's actually going to sit out his senior season of high school um, to prepare for college, which I believe he's getting ready to join, yes, the Texas Longhorns. Okay, the reason why I put this in here is this is a little disturbing to me, okay? And, and I am – all I'm one all for you know getting to the next level and and, and you know go, going to your program and getting ready for college but I'm not one for skipping your senior year and, and essentially dropping out yeah um to or you know whatever he's deciding to do I mean maybe he got everything done but it's weird so like academically obviously there are things that, that I guess he's done. not he's just sitting he just yes. sorry and let me I let was, me take that back. He's not he's not like yes. not going to finish his senior year. He's just going to sit out football wise. I still yes. kind of have an issue with that though. And and we'll we'll talk about that because I do too. So I was okay. a guy who enrolled early at Ohio State. So I missed the back half of my senior year of high school. I played my high school mm -hmm. football season. Um, didn't go out for the basketball team because I would have only been sure. able to play half a year. And then January yep. one comes around. I'm at Ohio State. Um. And Joshua's even, also smart people, no, so try to don't let him fool you. Um, even for a lot of people who are like college football purists, they don't like the idea of the early enrollee. Um, and then there are other people who are like, hey, you know, just enjoy your senior year, go to prom, do all those things. So that mm -hmm. early enrollee thing just kind of irks them. You take this, that's one situation. This takes it a step further to where you say, I'm not going to play the sport that I'm being recruited for at all my senior year. That yeah. to me is a bridge too far because we're not like, so we'll take this year. A lot of guys opted out in college football. And I think that becomes a trend where college football players yeah. will opt out of their senior year. I don't have yeah. an issue with that because yeah. now you're trying to get to the money. You've proven everything you needed to prove. You're trying to make sure that you get to the money. When you're a committed athlete in high school, like if you if he got hurt, for example, God forbid, he would have a bunch of time to get back healthy and to go and play in college and earn his yeah. opportunity. So like you can't even use the injury thing for no. me like that doesn't even make sense. I I think that some athletes are are getting a little bit too big for their britches. I they put too. a little bit too much dip on the chip yeah. and they need to kind of take a step back and realize what the nature of the sport is um, because I, I feel like this isn't the love of the game. I feel like it's a guy feeling like he's big time and you're making a decision that I think alienates a lot of people. Well, yeah. And it also alienates your team in high oh, school. 100%. Who you, you you're in Texas playing football. Yeah. I mean, so those are your homeboys, the, the communities right. behind you. Like I'm 100%. Yeah. I just think that that's it. There's a lot of selfishness in it. Yes. And, 
and again, you mentioned the injury thing, but yeah, like you, like you had mentioned, you know, he's going to college. He's not going to the pros right now. Right. It's not um, like his draft stock is going to be damaged if he got hurt. No, like, absolutely not. He's got, he's, he's he's got four leader. or five years. Yeah. To get healthy and to prove himself yeah. for the league. When you're a senior in college and you have Jalen Smith, for example, who his last game in college was my last game in college on the same field playing for Notre Dame in uh, the Fiesta Bowl and Taylor Decker hits him and he falls awkwardly yeah. and tears his leg up. Like, yeah, I can understand why somebody would skip a bowl game or they might skip their whole yeah. senior season when they're that close to the money, when you're a high schooler, you play the game because you love the game, even yeah. if you're going to the university to play it. No, I agree. And it just, it, to me, it, it's, it's just a little bit interesting. I don't see this a lot. So that's why I thought it would be uh, good to bring just, this up. And, and I'm good, good thoughts on your end too, just because you played the game. Yeah. You were in high school, you know, just, you played I hope it's not the season. trend, you know, I don't either. I would hate to see this be the trend. Be and I wonder, I, and I hope with the one thing I hope in terms of name, image, and likeness, that this isn't something that they think that, you know, as a freshman, they're going to come in and make all this money. Yeah. Um, and this well, is why they want to sit out their senior year. I don't want to see let's that. Let's jump on that either. for a hot sec. Um, I'm, I'm a believer and I know we're like super long on this episode. Uh, oh, I didn't even look at the time. Yeah. But Oh, I'm gosh. a believer oh my gosh, we are. That's that NIL is not going to get as many kids paid and it's not going to get them paid as much as, as people are acting. Yes. Like. So yes. if a high schooler makes a decision uh, about whether they're going to play high school sports or not based off of the potential for name, image, and likeness, yeah. that's an idiotic move. Yes. I see most NIL situations as the quarterback or the running back or the wide receiver or the best defensive player so pretty much only four exactly. people that would make anything significant and then everybody else is probably signing autographs and doing like influencer media posts which don't pay anything just in case people were wondering no. like i've done a couple of them they send you a free product they might send you like a 250 500 check in the mail you're not eating up off of that like mm -mm. The, and so I, you get these big grandiose ideas, especially when you're 17 or 18 years old. But I hope that some of these kids would have the proper guidance that would tell I, them not to be thinking about the money so much. Just do what you got to do and the money will follow. Yeah, I was just going to say that the word guidance, I, I would hope that there's plenty of that um, for these young kids. <laughs> there's not always, but no, you hope. And so. it's a shame. Well, we should maybe, maybe another business idea for I us was just gonna say, let's set up a consulting yep. firm where we can go and we can help guide some of these athletes you know, so they don't make dumb decisions you know that is actually a phenomenal idea and one that like I don't know why when I think of my career and I think of the best times in my career I think of the times that I've just seen these younger kids be able to overcome adversity or have success at the next level those are like the fondest memories I have in this business is those type of moments. So I'm like thinking to myself, when you said that, that's exactly where my brain went. Cause I was like, I would love to help like guide you some of these kids in the right direction when it comes to this stuff. And you are one of those people that have been there, like giving actual advice that they would listen to. Yeah. You that's know, important. like that is not, we've got, a, we need an idea bank where we can like put these in. 
Yeah, we, we should like, probably get somebody them. to comb through these episodes and listen to all the great ideas that we've had because there's there's a million dollar yeah. business in there I somewhere. We, we might be multimillionaires here in about yeah, 10 just years. Just in our own ideas. Though. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you guys, we, we got into plenty of stuff here on episode 128 of Press Pass. Hopefully you guys enjoyed and we would always love for you to subscribe Give us a review, rate us, whatever you want to do. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram, Twitter. And then my friend Joshua, um, I've seen a little more activity on Twitter lately. There's been a little dibble-dabble there. It's, it's, I would say a dibble-dabble is, is the, right, <laughs> the right way to term it. Uh, at RIP underscore JEP is where you can see the dibbling and the dabbling on both the Twitter and the Instagram. So holla at you, boy. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you guys, and we'll be back next week for another edition of Press Pass. Enjoy your week. Stay safe out there.